going to continue today on the topic that I've been speaking on um, last week and the weeks before. Um, but before I do, I want to just welcome once everyone once again, those here present, um, and those online, Facebook, um, and YouTube, um, and it's great to see different ones here today. Um, we had a great time yesterday, and it was, as Olu described it, it, it was getting a bit weary towards the end of the day. Um, it was quite interesting. It got to the point that when it was the end, um, we was coming up the hill, there was, a, a, there was a two chairs, and you, know, you would have thought the adults would just be piling on the chairs, but it was the young ones, the young, strong, fit, and healthy ones that was piling on the chairs saying, oh, I'm tired, oh, I'm exhausted. And the, and, and the adults were standing strong. So I think we need to give the adults. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, but it was a great time um, in seeing the different um, animals. And um, it was gr a great time of fellowship. And there were other people who came. And it was a won wonderful time. So, Ozzy, if you're hearing this online, I know you're teaching. Well done and thank you. Well done. All right, so let's continue today. We're going to continue to look at the topic of our identity in Christ. Um, so I, for the sake of um, some of you who may not have heard me speak on this before, um, I, I want to speak on this topic because um, as when we come to Christ, we don't have our old we do have our old identity, but it needs to be erased. It needs to be removed. And when we come to Christ, we are then shown through the word of God who he has equipped us to be. Because we have to understand that the world has sought to equip us and give us an identity that's not true. And what happens is, is we come, as we come to faith... We come with our old mind, our old concepts, old thoughts, old belief, old world views that are seeking to dominate and rule our lives. And at times, it's things that we don't even know that have been there for years. We think it's the norm. We think this is how it should be. But when we come to Christ, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Our spirits are transformed and renewed. Our soul, however, is the same. And so that right there, there is an identity crisis that is going on that needs to be changed. And it can be changed as the word says that if we receive the engrafted word that is able to save your soul. As we feed off the word of God, as we hear the word of God, as we obey the word of God, it will begin to transform the soul. It will begin to renew the mind. It will begin to change our worldview. And this is what we were talking about. And as this, the main scripture that we've been looking at is, of, is in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse four, 3 to 14. It's worth the while to read it because it brings out so many truths that you and I 
actually have as Christians, as believers. Because this is no fairy tale. This is reality. As we meditate, as we meditate on it, it will become a reality. You know, the thing is, when something doesn't become a reality on, to us, is because it's not come from here to here. When we get it from here to here, from our head to our hearts, it will become real. It will become tangible. You will see a change. So let's read the scripture. And as the word says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. In love, having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Isn't that wonderful? That we are accepted. We don't need anything special. We don't need a qualification. We don't need a special bank account. We don't need a special car. We are accepted into the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood. He paid the price for us. He paid the price so we can come into his presence. The forgiveness of sins according to the richness, riches of his grace, which he made to abound to us all in wisdom, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance. That's great news. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. God works things, all things to the counsel of his will. It's not to our will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise and the glory of his glory. And in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We have, we, when the Holy Spirit comes in us, there's that ceiling that you're his. You can sense and know his presence. When the Holy Spirit comes in you, there's a, a sensing and a knowing that you're his child. The stamp is upon you. You, are, you have that assurance that God forbid, when the time, when, in fact, when the time comes, you'll go to be with him. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. As, as, you, as we seek to honor him and work with him and live a pure and holy life before him. Because as the scripture reads in the book of Hebrews, 
that without, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Verse 14, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. In these verses of scripture we've read, there's many truths that are applicable to us. And these scriptures are real. They are, it's not just black and white. And I tell you this, why we are harping up on this, on the, in our, our in, um, in, um, the word of in identity in Christ, because we are being bombarded so much with, by the media, bombarded by what we hear in the news, in the radio, the papers, trying to push an identity to us, which is not true. But we need to push the identity that God has given to each of us. Because when we get a hold of this, no man or devil will be able to influence or infiltrate our mind or our heart. And we'll be able to stand strong with these words because it is the word of God that brings freedom and deliverance. The, what we said that the, the meaning of identity is the, the person who has um, who a, a person is or the qualities of a person or a group that make them different from others. And it's, it's, some, it's a form of identification. You know, we, we mentioned this before last week, but for the, the purposes of um, those who are hearing it for the first time, it's just, it's like you're going to, you're taking a flight out to um, America, um, and then you, you take your passport to the, 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 the desk. They want to check your passport and check that you are who you say you are. But there's an identification that takes place to, make, to verify who you are. But we are referring to our spiritual identification because we have an identification in Christ Jesus. Because we said the last time we spoke that when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says how he became the firstborn of many brethren. So he opened the door for us to become, to follow his path. And so when this happened, we receive an identity in Christ. So we got to the, and we also looked at um, one of the things that when Jesus was, when he walked, um, went to the region of um, Gadarenes, um, the other side, two men saw him and they thought, boy, the son of God, the son of God is, and he started to expose his identity. And then Jesus just, just dealt with them. Um, but, um, and then we gave the illustration of the seven sons of Sceva, they thought, this is a great idea. These weren't believers. They thought, let me just, just give this a try because this looks like a great thing. Seeing some, seeing some exorcism, seeing some demons coming out. And then the, the demons said to the, the seven sons of Sceva, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And then the demons dealt with them because they didn't know them. The, the identification, the, when they checked the identification, they hey, no, these guys need to be targeted. Let's take them out. They ain't got no authority. But we have authority. The great thing is as soon as you become a born-again Christian, you, you have authority over, over the enemy. You know that. We, we, we don't need to wait for um, a, a pastor to walk along or a minister to walk along or a bishop to walk along. As soon as Jesus comes into your spirit, you have the empowerment to take on 
the demon spirits or anything that will seek to um, affect or come against the kingdom of God. Because really, we are to enforce the victory of Jesus. The Bible says that for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And God is wanting to use you and I to destroy the works of the devil. But once we know our identity, and once we stand in the authority of Christ, and once we recognize that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, recognizing that the enemy is under our feet, and it's not by our might or by our power, but it's by the Spirit of God. And because we are part of the body of Christ, we know that we can walk in the victory. So as I was saying earlier, at times we have the identity crisis. And the identity crisis can take a form and shape like this. So it could be like this headache of mine, I said last week. It, it's, it's not shifting. And you, you can maybe, you might be saying, I'm broke, I'll never get out of this rut. Or I'm a weak Christian. I'll never be strong. So then you are having an identity crisis. You might be a Christian, but you're embracing the things which are not in, in line with the word. But instead, as I was saying, we need to say, this is not my headache. I thank you, Lord, for my healing. So then you are embracing what God says in his word for you. I believe it's worth the while to go over this because we need to be reminded of how we are to think and how we are to align ourselves. And listen, trust me, I know at times that the thoughts are overwhelming. Trust me, we, we pastors get it as well, you know. Trust me, we, we, we get some thoughts. But I'm saying that to say we can take authority over it. It does not need to rule over us. The Bible says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. One of the things, when I, when I, the Bible says that, you know when David says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Jesus Christ is, the rock is the word. And when we meditate upon the word of God, as we speak it, I'm telling you, there is a power that is released. It will start to change your thinking. It will start to encourage your heart. Didn't David say, Why art thou downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. Put your hope in him. And so that is saying that when we speak the word of God, the words of life, it will pick you up. It doesn't matter how low you are. I'm telling you, God's word is able to scrape you up off the floor and cause you to be strong in him. It doesn't matter how young you are, but as you look to him and his word, he will sustain you. So we looked at that. We recognized that we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We recognized that there is no condemnation. We don't need to be condemned. 
Because I was saying last week, at times we go into God's presence condemned. But when we do that, that is hindering God in actually answering our prayer. Because we're not coming with faith. We're coming with condemnation. We're feeling bad and guilty for what we had done. And God wants to lavish his love towards us. He wants to lavish all those things upon our lives. But there needs to be an openness to him and a trust in. Because sometimes when we, as we read the word, you know, it may seem like, oh, this, there's, there's the black and white letters again we're reading. But no, this is why Jesus says that my words are spirit and they are life. We need the Holy Spirit to quicken the words so that they will become life and vitality and reality to us. We also mentioned that we are his treasured people. We mentioned that in Deuteronomy. And then we began the four ways our identity in Christ starts to change our lives. And the first one that we mentioned was that we are no longer chasing after the desires of the flesh, but instead seeking to bring glory to God in all areas of our lives. Now, when we speak about the flesh, it's speaking about your old man like what Olivia was saying. Your old nature, the old carnal nature. It's talking about the ways that before you came, you and I came to Christ, the ways that you used to live. So when we speak about that, we don't need to chase that, even though at times it wants to raise its head, even though at times it wants to like really um, show itself, we are not to pursue that. And even if we do feel like it, we need to cry out and say, Lord, I don't want this. I don't want this. Please help me. Help me. Rather than giving into it. Because the easier thing is just to give into it. But we need to be vocal. We need to open our mouth. As I was saying earlier, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Speaking is crucial. In this series that we are talking about, our identity, speaking is critical to you actually experiencing it. If we don't speak, if we don't vocalize the word of God, we will stay where we are. Because in order for us to push forward, there needs to be speaking taking place. But in this, what we spoke about, we no longer chase after these desires. Then I mentioned in um, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 to 17 that it says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from heaven, is not from the Father, but is in the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. So it's, it's interesting that the 
the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those were the three things that Satan actually tempted Jesus with. So Jesus, he was tempted in, in different ways. So the, the lust of the flesh, when he moved the bread, he says, turn this stone into bread. So that was the, the lust of the, of the flesh. Then the lust of the eyes, when Jesus was taken up and shown all the kingdoms of the world and, and Satan tried to tempt Jesus and seeing all these different things. Now, many of us are tempted with different things. We might be walking along the road. We see something. Oh, oh, looks, looks nice. You, you keep on walking. And then it might be a car. It, it might be a bird. For some people, it might be a, a, a human being. But my point is, whatever it is, you might have a lust, a lusting after it. But my point here is that we need to ask the Lord, whatever you are struggling with. Because listen, we are all struggling with this, every one of us. This, sometimes when people come to church, they think that this place is a perfect place. It's not a perfect place, you know. The, the, the church is, uh, one person called it like a hospital where everybody is being treated by and administered by the Holy Spirit. It's, it's true, all of us, from the pastor right down to the newest member. It doesn't matter. All of us are being administered. This is why, this is why we have to tune in as much as best as we can because if we don't, we'll miss it totally. And what will happen is, we'll start to go down the road of religion and we don't want to go down the road of religion because this is where you have, um, this is where you have like a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. So you say, oh, I'm going to church every Sunday. I'm going to, no, we don't want to, no. Uh, don't get me wrong, come to church. Um, we, we want you to come. But my point is, don't just come thinking that, oh, I've ticked the box. I've ticked the box. We don't want to just tick the box. We want to tick the box of the spirit. We want to do what he wants us to do every step of the way. So then we'll be able to ex experience his life because that's what we need. We need the life of the spirit. And then we spoke about that, the pride of life. So this is like speaking about academia, um, success, um, and, and, and self being self-sufficient in your attitude and and having the attitude of, um, like, it's, it's, it's like a, a, a kind of a, a pride thing. It's like you are, it was, and one of the examples that we'll be looking at later on is like Moses. Because he had that kind of thing. He was very educated, very eloquent. But then what happened? God, when God touched him, he broke that pride. And this is what we need to not have in our lives. We, we mustn't be pride with the different things. It's, it's great to get qualifications. And it's, 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 thank you. It's great to get qualifications. It's great, it's great to have, you know, um, the different things that the world deems is like success. But ultimately, we want to walk in humility before the Lord. Because God's word says that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And if we are going to reach this world, we cannot reach it with pride. <laughs> we cannot reach the world with um, be, being lustful and all that kind of stuff. But we need to reach the world with humility and love. 
And we need to tap in to heaven so that we can actually hear and move in the way that he needs us to. So then we got to the point. Okay, I realize my time is dwindling. So I will continue again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still, I've got a few more minutes. I've been told I've got a few more minutes. Thank you. Thank you. Right. So the, the next part we got to, we no longer need to fear the future. We no longer need to fear the future. God has actually got everything in place for us. The world that we're living in right now, people are fearing to the point that they just are, they'll do anything they can to get rid of the fear. Anything they can. But because we're in Christ, you can be rest assured that he has everything under control. The Bible says that in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 to 15, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive the slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We can come to him anytime. We can come to him any moment. We don't need anything special but we can be rest assured that when his spirit came into us, it wasn't the spirit of fear. The Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I'm deliberately going over these scriptures because what it's doing is doing something to your psyche and it's going into your heart. And by God's grace, as we meditate, it will get into your spirit so that when we are facing different situations that will seek to come and cause us to be overwhelmed. The word will come to rescue us. The word will come to encourage us. And the word will remind us who we are in Christ Jesus. I want to stop there, but I want to pray once again. And I want to pray for those of you who... Um, maybe online, who don't know Christ. You see, this identity in Christ Jesus cannot be experienced until you receive Jesus, until you embark upon the road. And I would like to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And if that is you, I want you to pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Save me. Deliver me. Be the Lord of my life. Help me to live for you. Help me to serve you. I pray 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If that is you and you want to give your heart, I mean, if you've given your heart to Christ rather and you've prayed the prayer, we would like to reach out to you. If you can reach out to us and let us know <laughs> and tell us if maybe if you're on Zoom or um, Facebook or um, YouTube, if you can reach out through the media and just let us know so that we can help you along the journey and so we can encourage you in your faith because this is only the beginning and we want to help you to get to know Christ better. So thank you so much, everyone, and um, God bless. I'm going to hand back over to Olu.